Hi, this is Hethel. Hey, this is Stevie. We've come up with a podcast we've called Apologies Now. Stevie, why'd we end up calling it that? We call it Apologies Now because we feel like there's a very, it's very likely we're going to step on toes. But we want to talk about pertinent topics that we find uh, important, we're curious about, right, and interesting. People that we know. Yes. Um, you and I know various people that we felt like would be fun to talk to, that we do find interesting to talk to, and mm-hmm. we thought we'd start chronicling, basically. Chronicling it. Chronicling it. Chronicling. Am I saying that right? I smoked chronicling, huh? <laughs> so anyway, all right. So that's really the purpose of this first episode, because we wanted you as the listener to understand who Stevie is. Why would you want to listen to Stevie, who Hato is, why you'd want to listen to me, and a little bit about what our intent is with this production. Correct. So all that being said, Stevie and I have known each other for uh, years. Yes. How long? Ooh, about 12 years. 12 years? No, 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 because I knew you from a pre- my previous marriage, so I guess it's been about 16, 17 years. We, we, I, I we, think we, you were in school, weren't you? We met each other a long time ago. Um, if you were in school, it was 20 years ago. So for the folks that are new to Augusta, Alexander Drive was a sleepy little road a long time ago. There wasn't a Cabela's there. No. <laughs> there was nothing there. There was one apartment complex there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, when I first came here for internship, I happened to live there and I met Stevie there. That was in 2000. Right. Just actually 20 years ago. So what did I just say? You said 16. Oh, well. Four years, four years. <laughs> but so anyway, so that's that. And uh, But we've known each other uh, well for uh, well over a decade. And uh, we feel like other people should also understand who we are in our background. So that being said, you've been here since 1988 on and off. On and off, yes. In Augusta. Correct. You... Originally moved here from Louisiana when your mother moved here and got married, I believe, correct? She was from here. Right. Yep. Okay. So tell me about that a little bit because you've told me this, but other people don't know the story. Oh, I moved here after graduating from high school. Um, My mother had moved here previously uh, following a divorce with my three younger brothers and I, as soon as I graduated I, from high school, I came directly here. In Louisiana, you graduated. Yeah, Louisiana. you're Shreveport, Bossier, uh, Louisiana. And then I came here to Augusta to where I ended up joining, joining the Naval Reserves, um, that type of thing. Did that for eight years and went to school. You've got a master's in history. I have a, I have a bachelor's in history. I have a master's in uh, business management. That's why you're always making new businesses. So you went to Kennesaw State, sure did. right? Kennesaw went to went to LSU Shreveport, uh, Kennesaw State, Augusta College, which was a great school, by the way, still is. But I just loved Augusta College. Shout out to them. Is that Georgia Regents University? <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's AU. Is homie. it AU now? It's um, AU, homie. Um, yeah. 
the uh, I'm making jokes like everybody listening to us has been mm. here 20 years. Um, no, it's MCG. So that's right. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, I, uh, when, when, so when you and I first met, early 2000s, Augusta was very different, in my opinion, than it is now. Yes. Um, that might be part of what's uh, compelling us to do this, because from my, my opinion is that this thriving metropolis that we call Augusta doesn't have an outlet for something like this, and, and I thought it'd be kind of interesting to do. You thought it'd be kind of interesting to do. Correct. And so here we are. Yes, and um, Hethel, I think most people know that you are um, a doctor here in the town. Um, you've been in the med- medical field for just about 20 years. Um, you and I have very different backgrounds, um, very ex- extremely different backgrounds, but we're very similar at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you are one of my closest friends. Um, that, therefore, we think this is a good idea. We do. We do. <laughs> And so with the, so, so, so let's talk about the different backgrounds a little bit, you know, so back to you, uh, master's in business management, Yep. but you've got a, actually it's a, it's a master's of science and management, but I, all of it's for, towards business. Yeah. Sure. 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 Um, family pedigree of boxing. Yep. So, uh, that's kind of the. Or grew up in that. Go ahead. Well, and I'm cutting you off, but but so you literally grew up and you were born into a family of world class boxers. Correct. And you started doing this at at what age? Five years old. That you were boxing at five years old. Pee wee division, no weight class. It's too small. And you were kicking ass. Oh, it was. It was off and on as I got through the years. I fought, I had so many fights, so many boxing matches that I would go through times where I would win and then I would go through times when I wouldn't. I know I can remember my, um, I could tell through my maturation process, through puberty, where I was through fighting. Um, It's interesting. Uh, But I've, yes, I've fought all over the, all over the world. So I want to, at some point, really get into that. Okay. I'm going to put that on our virtual list of things to talk about. Okay. Um, but that then propagated into an impressive career in doing just that, that I think then flowered into kickboxing. Yes. That... And and around when you and I got to really know each other, I had I had started my first practice, and right around then, and a couple of, a few years after that, you were going to Ireland. I remember. Yep. To fight. Um, so I'm not sure. So so I'm assuming there are people listening to this that don't know us, and so this is good for them to hear. Yep. Uh, again, back to the various backgrounds. All right. So let me ask you, tell, tell me about when you decided to be, to go into medicine. Man. Um, okay. So all jokes aside, I'm not sure. And this is very cliche. This sounds ridiculously cliche, but I'm not sure I ever thought about doing anything else 
growing really? up. Really? Yeah, it's weird. Now, that being said, don't have a physician in the family. Not like I had a uh, uncle, dad, mom, sister to look up to and say, hey, I want to do that just like they're doing. I don't know where the hell it came from, to be honest with you. I, I, I really distinctly remember, uh, you remember the old-timey things that docs used to wear, the silver thing on their head? But yeah, the with the hole in it. What's the I, point of that? I thought they looked through that to, to look at, to see if your eyes were dilated no, or something. I don't know. I thought that was a target. <laughs> For the IRS? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. For sales um, reps. So that's right. So I remember seeing that in the first grade in a book, and I remember this, and I was just like, yeah, I want to do that because that's a doctor. Um, and, you know, coming from a I – can, I can lay this out there. Coming from a Indian family, one would think that somebody was trying to, like, twist my arm into being a doctor. I was going to ask you that. You can ask me anything you want, yeah. but no, surprise, nothing. So my dad – I will tell you that my dad – did not want me to go be a guitarist in a rock band. Okay. That's one thing that he definitely told me I didn't, uh, he didn't want me to be doing, but, but it was funny because this was when I was in college and he was just like, well, why don't you go do that med school thing you keep talking about? And after that, sure. Yeah. Go be a guitarist in a rock band. Co- of course, completely knowing. Right. He's on to something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, but yeah, no, his, uh, his, my mother and he, advocated for me to get educated and that was it and that was it you know what i mean there was just so basically just whatever it is that you want to do just do it and do it as well and learn as much about that as you possibly can it doesn't matter if it's engineering medicine you know whatever being a teacher or whatever, we we I've got a whole family of teachers. I'm at the at the risk. Forgive me for interrupting, no. but at the risk of sounding racist, it just seems to me that the, the Indian culture that's kind of a bucket list to have a physician, is it not? I don't think that's racist. It's not okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, is that racist? Well, I don't know. I guess every white family wants a wants a doctor in the family too. I think it's become. Um, Global, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely global. I think everybody's proud of having a doctor in the family, but um, you know, it's a symptom of of uh, capitalism, in my opinion. I mean, you know, physicians are are, are supposed to be really wealthy and this and that, which is of well, course capability, yeah. right? Well, you know what, uh, healthcare provides steady employment. I, I would say that's the you know you got to have a passion for it because. Well, with everything going on right now, I've given it some thought. And right now, I think the only people that can count on a check <laughs> That's is medical. Uh, for better or worse, unfortunately. I, I know, for better or worse, yeah, but it's, just, yeah. I, it's true. So there is, you know, and my wife's a physician, your wife's a physician, but, you know, my, my uh, Morgan and I were talking about this just recently. In all seriousness, she was like, you know, she was going to be a veterinarian, decided to go into medicine, and... Uh, she has more forethought than I did when I was in college, but she said, huh, you know what? This will just be job security. And that was her reason for doing it. Anyway, you know, all that aside. So I think some of that is what the, the, uh, kind of the stereotype of the Asian family wanting a doctor. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
in those countries, um, I, I, I would love to talk about what I'm about to say more in the well, coming then, months. Then, okay, then we will. Yeah, but, but if we're here, there, <laughs> uh, healthcare workers are put on a pedestal in Eastern you told Asian me countries, this. and I don't mean that in a. Um, I mean that for from a really respectful position that people look to them for help and, and respect their their uh, opinions. They uh, they uh, they respect them, you know. And, yeah. and 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 I hate to say, I think anybody in healthcare that's listening to this right now, I think I think we all sometimes question whether we necessarily have that that um, respect. And of course, we've got to earn that respect. But I think most folks that you know, give give their lives for this. They, you know, they have a passion. They're for doing it. it right now, aren't they? Literally, right? Literally, um, and and that's why I say over the coming months. I hope we have an opportunity to talk about um, how current events may change uh, our vantage point of healthcare workers in this country. Correct. Um, anyway, so back to your answer, though. No, no, I, I, uh, I uh, that's when I found out I was wanting to be a physician, and and I did get told I wasn't going to be one, which was kind of interesting. So I'm kind of bullheaded from that standpoint in college. When I was at Vanderbilt, I uh, was doing okay, doing well, um, was supposed to go to University of Tennessee for medical school. And I think I've told you this before, my last semester, I just drowned and, and didn't end up making the grades I needed to make. I was taking 12 hours and they were just like, Hey, look, you know, your boards, your, not board score, your standardized exams, scores, all that look good. Your grades are okay. They're not wonderful. Just kind of keep B's and we're okay. And I just didn't do it. Just goofing off, just didn't do it. And they took it away from me. And, um, like I was saying before that reality check. Yeah. 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 The, um, that what's it called the uh, um what's it called the back not the backup list the uh, um plan b no no no, no. There, there's a that's group. for that's for pregnancy <laughs> that's a pregnancy okay. very different yeah very glad different. you're no. here <laughs> <laughs> that's my professional opinion um no there's a, a waiting list waiting list uh-huh. so right so there's a group of people there on a waiting list for any kind of graduate program you're trying to get into uh-huh. and you always wonder what those people are waiting around for it's Waiting for people like me to screw up. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? So anyway, so I got it taken away from me. And I remember that whatever the, the guidance counselor or whoever it is at Vanderbilt, I remember them saying, you might want to just think about doing something else with your life. You know? And I was just like, nah, I think I'm going to be a doctor. If you could have done anything else, what would it be? I'd have played guitar. <laughs> I would have. I, I still, that's what I, that's, yeah, that's, I enjoy. But anyway, uh, I, now I'd play percussion. I think I'd prefer. How percussion. often are you playing an instrument? Not often nowadays. Because you're always working. Yeah. Well, that and, that and kids. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I've got multiple guitars, but, you know, you got to decide if you want to hang out with your wife and kids or do that. And How many kids do you have now? Four. Four children. Four children. How old are they? Um, so Emery, uh, from a previous marriage, Emery is 14 this year. Mira turns six in June. Nara turns four next week. And Kieran just turned two in December. They're also smart and beautiful. Uh, let's see if they're smart. 
we will see. <laughs> they there seem you. to be. They, they're quite deceivious. So, I mean, well, how about Emory, you? Emory obviously is. She, she, she is. She's, then, she's old enough now that we can tell that, you know, she's I think the, I think the other three should be fine on bloodline alone. Let's hope, you know. So, so you tell the world your kid kid situation. I have a stepdaughter, Lauren, and who just finished PA school at AU. I have it, my daughter, Cade, who um, was an MMA, MMA fighter, and she also got fighter of the year, female fighter of the year last year. And I also have Jolie Bay, my baby, who is 16. She's at Lakeside and plays lacrosse, or she played lacrosse whenever they were able to go to class. And she, they're all special in their own ways. So uh, at some point, back to the, back to the uh, boxing, kickboxing, and MMA kind of connection, mm-hmm. I would say part of the reason that Cade got to that point was because of your influence. Is that fair to say? Um, maybe to a fault because I didn't want her doing it, and she found herself getting in more and more trouble through, over the years and said that if I were to help her get involved in martial arts that she would do what I asked. So, so to, that lasted about two years, by the way. Well, and I was I was asking, um. Because I knew you were training, or I just didn't know to what to what extent. But so to go back to it, then just so folks understand. So you, when we really started getting to know each other, well over a decade ago, you were going to fight in Ireland. Yes, it was kickboxing. It was Waco. Yes, World Championships. Right? I've, I've I have actually competed in three specific World Championships. It's called Waco. World Association Kick, of Kickboxing. It's Waco. Some people do say I think Waco. Waco is where yeah. like guns, David right? Koresh, like kickboxing. David Koreshian. <laughs> That's where you burn down buildings and kill lots of people. Right. Um, yeah, uh, Waco is the World Association of Kickboxing Organizations, where it is it is the largest organization of kickboxing in the world. Yeah. Internationally, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and what they do is they invite the best of every every organization. Right, and they say bring it all, but we only want the best person in the country. And um, so you came from the USA. No kidding. Right. Um, actually, I fought for the USA on a team um, in Zagad, Hungary, in 2005 with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, uh, Peyton Russell, uh, Terry Hicks, uh, an assortment of uh, Tommy Bach, an assortment of. Just world-class yeah. fighters. Um, and when I was there, I actually lost to Ireland. And then ah. um, I think it's in 2011, I made the team again. And on the way there, we found out that there was already a U.S. team had been picked. So Puerto Rico picked us up because they didn't have a team. So I went fought for Puerto Rico <laughs> in Ireland. And what's so funny is I'm the first medalist for Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, they actually called they me and said they want to do a parade. I said, you know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> so uh, I won a bronze medal there. And guess what? I, I fought the uh, champion of Great Britain first and beat him. And then I fought the champion of Ireland, 
who I had lost to. I'd lost to right. Ireland in, in Hungary. You got him. I beat him. Yeah. And then I fought the champion of of what in Hungary? No, it's Kazakhstan. Okay. Yeah, Kazakhstan. Okay. And I lost a split decision to him. The funny thing about that is then I was invited again in 2014, 2015 to fight in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Brazil, right. And this is also, this is the K1 championships, which means now I can throw leg kicks and knees to the head and to the body. So it makes it all the more interesting. And you got to remember in these, these Waco tournaments, you have not only amateur fighters, but pro fighters. So you'll have amateur boxers that know how to kick and you'll have their pros. You're saying interesting, like when I'm taking care of somebody and I find something interesting, it's usually bad for the other person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can throw body kicks in these now. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, no, I do better. The more physical, um, the more brutal, um, the more chaotic, the better I get, the better I do. I wouldn't have thought that yeah. at all. Yeah. That's my uh, sarcasm. Oh, ha, ha. Um, but so the funny thing, so I went to, um, when I went to Brazil, my first fight was Kazakhstan who I lost to in Ireland and I beat him. Hmm. Okay. And then I lost another split decision to the champion of Bulgaria. And that was in 15, 2015, I thought, or 14. Yeah, that's right. Brazil. Yeah. And so, Brazil, Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. I still got, uh, by the way, um, completely unnecessary to bring this up right now, but the T-shirt of you, orange silhouette, wearing that uh, oxygen, whatever the gas deprivation mask. mask The same one you're wearing to the hospital? (laughs) You know what I mean? That thing? I still have that thing. Yeah, isn't that great? I wear mine. It feels great. I'm so weird that I won't wear it because I'm afraid it's going to get, like, old and torn up, and I won't have it anymore. Wear it. I know, but isn't that weird? Wear it. I've still got my 19... 88 Michael Jordan t-shirt. You remember those old t-shirts they used to make with the little uh, cartoon heads? Yeah. Everybody had Larry Bird had one. Isaiah Thomas had one. They had the big head and the little body and they were, you know, doing something. Uh-huh. I still okay. have my Michael Jordan. Do you have your uh, Van Halen jump? <laughs> no, do you? No. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd do be you awesome. have your Pink Floyd? So... I wish I had Pink Floyd. No kidding me. Um, all right, so so let's let's get back to let's get back on it. I want to I want to explore kind of backgrounds again. So so throughout this whole time. So okay. So you and I met. That was going on. Um, you then were in the uh, devices industry. Yep. And we really, that's part of the reason we got to know each we other did. so well, because yeah. you were in the hospital all the time. And at that time, I was literally living in the hospital. Correct. At University Hospital specifically, because I'd started my business. Then. All right. Um, St. Jude? No. So, Start off with the Soren Group, right. which mm-hmm. was a, um, it was a French-Italian company that was actually started as a nuclear company, and they had a very nice cost-effective device. They didn't even provide their own leads for the for the pacemakers, so I would use other companies' leads, and then um, I guess I did that with them like for about six years, and then I went to work for St. Jude, and I was with them for about four years, and their leadership was just so poor, I I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. 
Um, and then I ended up with a company called Biotronic, which is a German company selling pacemakers and defibrillators, working hand in hand with the implanting cardio interventional cardiologist, electrophysiologist, and thoracic surgeons. So I dealt with them on a daily basis. You know, I, I enjoyed being in surgery, but I also enjoyed interacting with the families and the patients. Back then, I. Um I had just left the medical college and I worked at university and then recently just started my group. And I remember I would be there all hours of the day. Like I just remember, and you know, you remember, I think I remember. we kind of looked through this. And, uh, but the funny thing was you were always there. Like I'd be walking along and I'm like, what the hell is it? You know what I mean? And you'd just be, I remember you'd be reading a book, hanging out. Sure, it wasn't a magazine. No, it was sure, a book. I wasn't looking at pictures. Folks, Stevie Dement was reading a book. <laughs> and no, no, I mean, in, in all honesty, I mean, it was good because I would get suggestions from you. I remember the unfortunate thing was I was building a business then. Right. That was MedX days. That was MedX days, yeah. And um, yeah, and that's all I ever did. You were so frazzled. That was a, no, that was a good, it was good for me. You were, you were working, your, they had you so, when I say frazzled, I, you were just so stretched out. They had you going from this way to that way. You, you acted like you didn't know which direction to go. Well, I mean, it started, you know, I started it in 2008. And by 2012, you know, and it's just, just to put things into perspective, in four years, from 2008 to 2012, it went from me starting it to, I think, like 18 or 19 docs. You know, it was had, crazy. Yeah, we had three offices. You know, I, I remember I huge used, offices. And I sir. used to drive to South Georgia. Huge and be, offices, sir. But, but point is, you know, it just turned it it, it. it turned into a monster. It turned into a monster. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and so back to I keep circling back to why we're doing this, but I feel like that um, shaped me as a person for sure. Uh, and for folks that don't know that that monster of a business that that uh that it accidentally turned into um that i sweat and bled for 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 that long just it took a nosedive because of um, some poor decision making from from the person that we had hired to make those decisions to make those decisions you know and so and i'll leave it at that i guess yeah. for now but uh anyway that kind of stuff put things in the perspective for you and you know um anyway well i think we've got enough for this evening don't you think i think we should finish up until present day okay are you exhausted sir nope nope you just want, you want to get another glass of wine let's do that here let's pour it up here so no, actually I'm, I'm good i'm good so um Okay, so since then, and we can wrap this up ultimately, but the point of this first episode really was just to get people to understand who we are, who we are, and mm-hmm. uh, and I suppose I'll stop being long-winded. So basically, from 2012-13 onwards, I've been at Doctors Hospital um, managing the inpatient group at Doctors and uh, have really enjoyed it. I uh, do truly enjoy it. Um, work with a bunch of good people, and last summer started doing the medical 
portion of the burn side of the hospital as well um, on, uh, for, for Dr. Mullins. Um, and, um, yeah, that's all I do, and I've got... Yeah, and I think, I guess, it's that same time I started Dement Brothers Fighting Systems where I teach all sorts of people on how to fight, um, boxing, kickboxing, MMA, street fighting, basically self-offense. And then um, Sissy, my wife, Dr. Sissy DeVent, and I opened up Drenched Hydration Advanced Med Spa, where initially it was supposed to be an infusion center that developed into an erectile dysfunction center to a facial aesthetics, into um, laser treatments, um, all kind of sorts of stuff. Into, yeah. Yeah. We should talk more Age about management. that with her. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess we'll get back on soon and actually talk about things beyond Stevie and Hethel. That should be a little more fun. I think it'll be very interesting. Yes, um, sir. Everybody... Stay safe. Happy Corona.